Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Grog Pod Roguelike Podcast, or should I say, because I'm a zombie, and that this is my creative, improvised uh, take that I didn't have written down uh, in the Google Doc before before hitting that record button. Uh, Yes, you are you are welcome to yet another episode of a podcast about roguelike games. It does what it says on the tin. We talk about bigger, small ones. We try to we try our best to rank them in the most definitive list that can't be argued against. Uh, I am your uh, commander. That's it. Yes, I am the commander of the haven of the podcast, uh, Scott Berger. And with me are uh, my podcast uh heroes that i've recruited from the tavern to defend to defend this mighty realm we gotta choose an order now that we have like extra uh, another another person joining us or, or should you do as an introduction yeah i guess, uh, not yeah, necessary, we've, recruited, I guess but... we've used our our gold uh for this production phase to recruit yet another new permanent member of the podcast uh previous guest andrew welcome back Hello, and it is good to be in this wonderful haven. I see that you have things well in hand. Uh, <laughs> only, you know, a few walls on fire here and there. Yes, I'm the fourth hero that you've recruited recruited from the inn. Uh, I'm the pedantic, uh, dragon blooded metalhead, Andrew Harshman. Those are my those are my traits. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you, I, I looked them up in the wiki. Those are all those are all canon. <laughs> those and are the, the uh, perks that we picked for you. I'm glad to be on for. What I, I think is going to be a pretty exciting, uh, exciting delve into what I think is a pretty exciting game. And uh, I'm very glad to have you joining us here. I think we all win because, uh, uh, yeah, you've got a lot of insightful uh, takes on a lot of this stuff. And I think just based on um, uh, some of your comments in chat, I mean, I think I needed someone on my side. It's always me one v two, and so <laughs> hopefully you land on the right side of justice here. And join me, the uh, I guess for the, the purpose of this game, the, uh, the 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 ranger that spams AOE to uh, destroy everything in the same pattern every single turn. Not that I didn't like this game, but we'll get into it. Uh, that's me. Or you could join me, Colin, the guy with the sword who has no AOE attacks, but he is fun to play. Indeed. Uh, yeah. This week we had. Uh, our we had to rifle through our listener request submissions uh, that we had farmed over the past uh, few weeks, which, A, I'm amazed that people submitted stuff. So thank you, A, listeners who took the time to actually submit things that we should cover. Uh, but I was kind of surprised that there wasn't like a unanimous consensus of everyone saying, oh, you definitely need to play this one. Uh, so we did uh, a little bit of curation uh, because of the list that we had was relatively long, uh, which a good thing. Uh, but we wound up pulling out uh, two games out of our user submission hat uh, for our first ever listener request week, uh, which couldn't be any more different if we tried uh, being Brotato and The Last Spell. Uh, and I think for... Well, we'll put Brotato up on the uh, on the cutting board here uh, first, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about our our Bullet Heaven YouTube streamer catnip game, uh, Brotato, which was released in early access September twenty seventh, twenty twenty two, and just one full release uh, this year. It's not even it's not even in my updated data set yet. That's how fresh it is. Uh, June twenty third, twenty twenty three is the first release version of it. You can find 
your Brotatoes at your local grocery store, as well as on Steam, Switch, God help you, Android and iOS. Uh, yeah. You can, uh, you, this is a, a solo dev effort uh, by Thomas, and Thomas, I apologize. Look, we're we're just brutish Americans here. Our brows are very thick and very low. And we know that people based in Lyon, France, come from a, a much higher grade of humanity. But I'm going to butcher your last name here as best I can. Thomas Gervraud. <laughs> okay, we'll try one more time. Thomas Gervraud. That sounds oh, that sounds nice, right? Sounds yeah. elegant. Uh, also known as Blobfish Games on the on the interwebs. Uh, Brotato uh, rolls around the counter in on our uh, data set as the 25th most popular roguelike overall, if you can believe it, with 34,833 total reviews. Uh, Will, you've just put the Brotato in the microwave and you've hit that cook button, uh, but you can only describe this game in one sentence before it's done. Uh <laughs> I am uh, the minimum viable potato that is ah. stuck in a rectangle and shoots things coming at him repeatedly. That sounds about right. Yeah, that, that, I go with that. I like the First MVP suit. pivot with potato. Should have been punching. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Weapons of all sorts, I guess, with mm -hmm. leveling up. It's, you know, your vampire survivor sort of thing. Yeah, this is this is interesting because this is our first foray into the the subgenre of a subgenre of roguey games mm. of vampire survivor like games. Uh, or so this is this is one thing that's been interesting to follow recently is what do we call these things if we need to call them something? Uh, a lot of people call them vampire survivor likes. Some people call them bullet heavens. Other people, one thing that I've seen that uh, is kind of fun to think about is like one stick shooters, like instead of twin stick shooters. I, yeah. I personally like that term. Yeah, that looks, uh, I like that a lot. Bullet heaven is uh, not great. I think. <laughs> not great? Send that back. As a term, I, I don't love it. I'm not... You don't, I see that. I was going to say that's, that's it's my very, like reactionary. Oh, it's like, now oh. we're, you're already falling on the wrong side of this. <laughs> I can't uh -oh. believe it. We're off to the wrong start. Oh, good grief. I like I'll make up for it uh, when we cover the second game. Yeah, Brotato. I was, uh, I think, uh, when we were chatting, you know, offline or online or behind the scenes, uh, pretty rough initially right out of the gate. My first run, I was not having a great time, but subsequently I played it a little bit more. I didn't play it that much. I think I made it to wave 14. And uh, I was starting to begin to understand why it is so popular. And correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but it is the second most popular single stick bullet heaven game. Is that correct? Ye yes. And shockingly, uh, I think this actually might be the, well, okay. So like second, behind second, Vampire Survivors? yeah, second, second most popular in terms of like review volume, if we use that metric, but in terms oh. of like people who are playing it right now, Right how now. how how much more popular do you think this is with people playing it right now versus Vampire Survivors? What? Well, Vampire <laughs> Survivors say more? got some years on it, right? Vampire's old, too old. <laughs> I mean, Vampire Survivors was released well, uh, 1.0, I guess, in uh, October of last year, 2022. So it's it's not even a year old. Uh, 
And Brotato, I guess, like 1.0 relatively recently, so it, it might have like that kind of knock-on effect. But uh, the screenshot that I pulled, like comparing a bunch of these different vampire survivor-like games, uh, including Halls of Torment, uh, Brotato, a uh, 24-hour peak of, of players, 13,000. Vampire survivors, 7,000. And just so I know, I've been playing a Halls of Torment lately. Well, how does that stack up? Do you have that? Uh, Halls of Torment splits the different. Well, no, what actually, is, I don't uh, even know what Halls of Torment is. Oh, is buckle up! I mean, it's another one of these. I got sting, singles. I feel like I gotta say both of them every time now because there's <laughs> a little bit of disagreement. The singles stick uh, bullet heaven games. It is. It's a, sti- it's a stick heaven. It's a uh-huh. stick heaven. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bullet. Stick. There you go. Yeah, sure. So, Brotato, 13,000, Vampire Survivor, 7,000, Halls of Torment, 5,000. Well, I guess you could you could round it up to 6,000, 5.8,000. Um, but yeah, Halls of Torment is like, is what if Vampire Survivors but Diablo 1 graphics? Eh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That sounds yeah. about right. See, like you say, eh, but like it has that kind of like, uh, um, like janky... Whole, uh, wholesomeness to the sprite work that like that you see in like the Diablo one butcher and like all of, all of that kind of like like dark like MS DOS early nineties aesthetic. Uh, it's interesting and like it's it's also interesting in that it defaults to like it it's like by default a, a twin stick shooter slash hack and slash bullet heaven question mark. But there's some options that you can select to just like, yeah, just just do the auto aiming and auto attacking for me, please. Uh, and I think I kind of prefer it that way. But anyway, all right, we can't. Yeah, we yeah, can't talk well, about good, format. good aesthetic. Good aesthetic. Speaking of aesthetics, uh, Brota- <laughs> I find uh, Brotato's aesthetic uh, a little Bad. puzzling. Personally, it kind of has a a very flash game esque look yeah. to it, which I guess there is a certain soft spot in my heart for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. Know. I just I, I find the I find the the artwork to be a little puzzling. Uh, the, the other part of the aesthetic and and sort of look and feel of the game, the sound is great, and the feedback I feel like is really great, and like it feels good to clear a screen and to to take out enemies and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do y'all think of the art direction? I think for me, this is my only bad bullet point for this game is that the aesthetic is like virtually non-existent. And I think that like this game, I think gets, gets a little bit of defense with it being a solo dev effort and the game being $5. Uh, But at the same time, like basically all these other vampire survivor like games that I have on like this uh, popularity screenshot here uh, are also $5. So I don't know, like, like Vampire Survivors, also five dollars. Bone Razor Minions, less than that. Twenty minutes till dawn, less about the same. Uh, Halls of Torment, five dollars. Like, I think this this game benefits a lot from being from that first mover effect of like Vampire Survivors, like really good. Brotato, like the first one to be kind of like directly inspired by that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, I was. It's just it's the case that like so with Binding of Isaac, I mean like that was a flash game right to begin right. with, and so like we can't say that like because it has those graphics that it's bad. And in fact, you know, my luck be a landlord. My number one game has the graphics uh, of a potato of sorts here. Um, <laughs> yes, but it's pixel potato, which I it, like. It, this pixel is, potato is nice. I mean, this is, it's a different. 
yeah, I, potato, potato. Now, do when you say that it's a solo dev, like literally this dev did everything, including the art? I mean, I believe it because I think <laughs> that well, that almost I, I didn't I didn't consider that. So, well, obviously, if it's one, if it's a single dev, then they the single dev had to do the artwork. In which case, I don't know. That almost like ranks it up in my mind. Like, okay, right. all right, well, I can dig it. And you, I, I also I feel like, like I did. A, oh, I ahead. did. I did some spying on some of the other uh, games that that uh, I've already I've already. Not only did I butcher his name, but then I forgot it five seconds later. I can the least I can do that. Thomas uh, Thomas yeah, has go. developed for us here. Uh, like he's developed some other ironically potato themed games uh okay. that also have like a very similar kind of art art style to them mm-hmm. so i can 100% see like oh he's just like he's just rolling with that same aesthetic which is fine sure. um but i feel like i feel like there's a, a divorce between like aesthetic and theme here and like the game has like an aesthetic kind of but there's no theme does that make sense oh interesting point yeah, like I into the gun had like guns and everything was gun based, whereas like <laughs> this one is like, oh, you're a potato with guns and melee weapons and like, shouldn't you like, what's it? What would a potato? A potato should, uh, I don't know, have a, a ketchup and 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 uh, a salt shake. I don't know, like how you sure, make right. a weapon out of that stuff. Is it a but... play on like ah. Mr. Potato Head? Like you're attaching different things to your potato. Ooh, that's good. That... I didn't care. I didn't care that there wasn't like an aesthetic for the weapons and stuff. What I didn't like was that all of the enemies kind of look samey. They're all purple. Sure. And they're all kind of blobby. And so you're just like, it's just like a wave of purple goo-ish kind of thing coming at you. It's mm-hmm. hard, it's kind of hard to differentiate. It got it, it gets like like at a certain point, you're just kind of like defocus your eyes and just like run away from the swarm mm-hmm. and i was like oh there's how many different kinds of things that you don't it's just they're very that much the same like i'm now i'm looking at the wiki and then like some of these things are like oh they had like special things they did it's like well i wouldn't have known i mean i didn't play it very much but i literally couldn't have known because it was just like oh it died and it spawned three more like well they were immediately just like part of the the swarm mm-hmm. A horde of monsters that have it out for potatoes. Yeah, yeah, well, I, upon, once I started getting into more runs, I feel like I was getting a decent sense of like, okay, that's the charging guy. Okay, that's the guy with more health. Okay, that's the guy who shoots a projectile. And um, yeah, since we're now sort of talking about the gameplay, um, I feel like... Is my experience with the very super brief time with this game uh, <laughs> that there's a little more of a focus on movement than something like Vampire Survivors, which I did appreciate mm-hmm. from like a sort of twitchy bullet hell type perspective. Like I was enjoying kind of dipping and dodging around. Uh, but what I didn't like is the fact that and this maybe changes as you go on further. I only got to wave 14. Um, but uh, what I did not like is that you're stuck in a square arena. And I was really much, I was so looking forward to exploring a potato, but a potato scape of some kind. <laughs> There's none to be yeah. had. Um, so the, and that's something yeah. in Vampire Survivors that I really like, which is and like you can't, exploring the it, level, dare I say, it, it's not really exploration, but going around, traversing the level. Mm-hmm. I feel like in some ways it's an opposite criticism, but uh, I wish that you could have zoomed out further so you could, could have seen the whole thing. 
because oh, I like kept being like, well, I'm going to run up here. And then I'd like start running and be like, oh, there were a bunch of enemies that were just off the edge because I felt like the zoom distance wasn't far enough out. So like as part of a, you know, like, well, we, we got to pretend that we're in a larger area. So better make sure that the, the zoom's quite zoomed in. You guys just touched on like the two things that were like top of mind that I that were some of the worst parts about this, like being like in the beginning, I said they're tra you're trapped in a rectangle because that just stood out to me as like, this is so weird as someone who has played all these other vampire survivors like games like, yeah, there, there's like these really interesting like like landscapes and you're exploring and like mm. sometimes there's like maybe there's like a, you know, a, a top and bottom border or like there's a diagonal and like but you, or in some cases like with vampire survivors like almost like a maze like labyrinth that you're like exploring and like that's interesting and it's also zoomed out further so you can like plan your way through it a little better and this just felt so like it feels like it takes the dimension uh, dimensionality of the game and really reduces it down into like what Colin said, which is just avoid the swarm, which I know that's kind of like the basis of these games, but it just felt so much more basic. Yeah, there's two there's two kind of interesting comparisons to this, both of which I, I'm almost certain no one else here has played, but super stay tunes that have that kind of fixed square like arena and one and like i almost think that like brotato is not a vampire survivor like it's a crimson lands like and crimson lands like again yeah the the facial expression of bemusement is justified because this is a game that like it routinely goes on sale for like i don't know a dollar like once every so often but like i i caught it on sale finally because otherwise it's like 15 bucks and i'm like mm, i'll wait uh and it is very much like that. It's a, it's a fixed square arena. All the enemies kind of look blobular and the same. But I feel like that one is more uh, interesting just because, like, its aesthetic is, like, very much more Starship Troopery, Doom-style bugs. We got bugs, and we got to, like, kill them all. I'm from Buenos Aires kind of thing. Uh, versus this, which, like, if, if there was, like plans for the game to like lean more into like potato puns like i'd be all over it like there it doesn't feel like there's a, a kind of theme here to kind of draw me back in and again like we're criticizing a game made by one person that's five dollars like how i don't know how much like we can really... i think we can we can criticize whatever we want here i don't <laughs> think the fact that it's one person like i'm just interested in fun games fundamentally right. fun games all if it's one person a hundred i don't care yeah. And I think this game is fun. Like, I think this game is fun to like play in short bursts when like, I just ref like, I'm done thinking for the day. Like, I don't want to think about anything else. I just want to like run a little egg shaped potato man that can wield six guns at a time yeah. in an arena and like maybe drop landmines and have things explode for five minutes. Like, yeah, I'll say I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. I basically didn't play this game because you guys made it sound bad. <laughs> and so I played it for like an hour this afternoon before we started podcasting and I had a good time playing it. I didn't like the aesthetic, but I did kind of have fun playing mm -hmm. it. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, certainly I was having more fun as the more I played it, basically, so, which is a great, great sign. I mean, for any game. And I, I think with a little bit of time that I played it, uh, it's uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think I get why it is. I played it from Scott's Steam library, and uh, one of the questions was absolutely going to be, how much does this game cost? Because if, if it was more than $5, then it'd be, okay, the value per dollar goes down. But for five bucks, like, I don't know, play for an hour or two, you've got your money's worth. Yeah. 
this would be a super like... solid game to like put put on in like um i don't know you have like some some people over the brewskis are out and you're just like passing the controller maybe around some potato like vodka Ooh. Ooh, like potato skins like stuffed with <laughs> um flaming brass knuckles and yep. uh oh, sure. landmines we've we've kind of danced around the uh uh intense story behind this game right uh, i was about to ask is there an intro no text or anything oh no okay but so I miss, I, maybe? Nope. so the rug pull here is that uh i found the nintendo switch eShop description Ooh, which fun. the game none of which is evident from the game but like here we if, go if there was more if there was more about this i feel like it would be like okay like you, you have me hooked. Uh, so the Nintendo Switch eShop, eShop description reads as, A spaceship from Potato World crashes onto an alien planet. The sole survivor? Brotato. The only potato capable of handling six weapons at the same time. Waiting to be rescued by his mates, Brotato must survive in this hostile environment. Oh, that what is I who did sure, what intern sure. at Nintendo wrote that? Like, oh shoot, we didn't get a blurb uh, from like the is dev. that even like, true? That's or did someone did, like from Nintendo make that up because they're like, it's got to have something. <laughs> yeah, definitely chat GPT generated right there. I, you know, hey, that motivates me a, a bit more to play it. And I feel like if there was just a little bit of that in like the UI, like, oh, here's the here's the rescue yeah. ship and it's getting closer, like. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that would I think that would add something to this. I think this game, game does personally. not I think this game needs any any extra uh story would be annoying in my opinion because mm. it's not going to be enough to be like a good story. I feel like zero flavor whatsoever would have been just like pure mechanics, sure. That's basically what Vampire Survivor is. Wrong. <laughs> like what story is there in Vampire Survivor? There's Are you kidding? Flavor yeah, there's a there's the, the flavor is well, the I mean like the yeah. you if are you're gonna spend surviving in a vampire hellscape and if you're like, gonna spend time on uh external things, spend time on the, the art flavor. Don't give it a story about potato world. I don't care about potato world. You're not gonna invest me in your story. I'm I just already beat up blue goo. I'm feeling people. it. I want this potato world to happen now. Like I just like <laughs> I you know, think what's what, what the economy like in the potato world? <laughs> like what's what is the government like? Society? How do how do the potatoes uh so our next out? game here? Yeah. Uh yeah. I, I think I honestly like do we want to move on to last bell? I feel I think, like we pretty much covered I, all I of their there is to potato. Yeah, we, we uh, can come back to Brotato for when we talk about final rankings, I think. But uh, yeah. but yeah, our, our second game from uh, Listener Request Week, uh, thankfully, is the Siege of Gondor Simulator The Last Spell, released uh, 1.0 this, again this year, uh, March 9th, 2023, but released in early access June 3rd, 2021. You can find this on Steam, the Switch, and PS4 and PS5. Uh this is a game developed by Ishtar Games, uh, also based in in France, uh, in the Bordeaux region and the uh, Lille region. Uh, it's the one that, that's right next to Roubaix. Everyone knows Roubaix. From Lille region. Uh, they are uh, well known for their Dead in dot 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 series. Uh, they developed some games called Dead in Bermuda, Dead in Vinland, uh, then The Last Spell. And they have a new game also out this year called Lakeburg Legacies, which... Seems interesting. Uh, this is published by the Arcade Crew, who have published uh, such notable titles as Blazing Chrome, Kunai, uh, Infernax, which is, looks interesting, uh, oh, and yeah. 
a a kind of near and dear aesthetically to my heart uh any kind of uh sega mega drive master system uh side-scrolling uh ninja slash uh robot game vengeful guardian moon rider which i think also has the same uh uh soundtrack artist as this game which we'll get into in a minute uh the last spell uh, rolls in on our data set as the 91st most popular roguelike game with 8,387 reviews. Uh, Andrew, what's our one-sentence description of the last spell before the waves of Rob Zombies spill over the Haven walls? Check it out. You're going to be uh, riding in your Dragula through waves of enemies while you're defending a city. Uh, you, you, uh, it is a, a tactical turn-based, uh, yeah, turn-based tactical combat game with some RPG elements. It's definitely roguelite, light as opposed to roguelike. Um, and it is, uh, golly, I would, I would have prepared something. Um, yeah, no, you know, no. it's, it's, it's because I, I less, it's less of a sentence thing that I want to describe it as more of a bullet pointed list. It's like, yo, it's tower defense. It's turn-based tactical game. It's uh sort of old school grid-based RPG combat. And it's got this really just like ripping, like metal aesthetic to it that I am all about. It's, it really speaks to me uh, on like a power level, epic poem level. Ripping those power chords. It's a Ab- tower defense game where you're the towers. It, it, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I suppose you're the most powerful and and you know interesting uh, uh, of the towers. Um, indeed. Yeah. What did I miss anything with my description? I mean, uh, no, I, yeah, I think that'll I covered it. I think that'll cover it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's the narrative element to it that um, is kind of outside of like the, I mean, yeah, the potato world. Play. I forgot. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not in potato world. I mean, uh, we don't know that. <laughs> that's true. Is that, yeah. is that where we want to start? I mean, the game to start with a uh, an intro cinematic. Yeah, yeah which the, the I intro, think is the intro good. cinematic to this game is Ooh, like very good, otherworldly compared to again, Brotato. We it it has it has heart, but. The last spell, I think, has budget behind it. And boy, do you see it with this kind of uh, intro cinematic, this four-minute-long uh, pixel art feast for the eyes uh, that kind of gives you... I mean, I, w- I won't... I'll encourage people to go and, and watch the intro video just to kind of uh, whet their appetite about how this uh, this game is set up. But it, I feel like the TLDR version of this, of this intro is... Um, it is medieval... Oppenheimer uh mm. and uh <laughs> you're effectively trying to reduce or uh re- re- reverse the magic of the atom bomb uh and banish all magic from the world yeah no oh, it's a great intro cine- cinematic and the music fucking slaps uh <laughs> it's, it's like yeah and the sound design in general very good yeah so uh, I thought you know you said oh they've got budget behind this I feel like I don't know even if there was that much money spent in the introduction cinematic. Like, I feel like there's not there's not a whole ton of animation, but like the way that they Anime. gave it life and movement 
was super impressive and like the music, but also just like the sound effects and everything were like super intense, super great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to knock the, the intro. There's definitely a lot of time and effort went into it, but like, I feel like it was very uh, efficiently done also, which I was impressed by. Um, but yeah, as you say, this is definitely a post-apocalyptic game. Like the medieval fantasy, medieval kingdoms of the world all got a hold of this special, super powerful purple uh, magic atom bomb magic and used it on each other. And they the world is covered in this purple magic fallout mist, this nuclear fallout that has basically destroyed most of the, the world and has mutated all of the creatures throughout the realm into horrible mutated zombie-like beasts and monsters. And it is up to, it is up to a, a select number of uh, these little pockets of surviving strongholds that are trying to cast a banishment spell to, to end this, which is I also I think is an interesting concept. Like the ultimate goal of this game, this fantasy game, is to bring an end to the fantasy, is mm-hmm. to the end goal is to stop magic is to get rid of it because we've well, got also too zombies. We'll share that too. <laughs> Counterspell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like this game, I think uh, really, really starts very strong. Uh, you have your, your kind of um, forced tutorial sequence that you're guaranteed to lose. So that way, you know, like, Oh, this is, this is basically the life cycle of the game. Uh, where you learn all of these at at first seemingly bamboozlingly huge amount of concepts uh and you're overwhelmed by by zombies you have a little uh uh fort to secure and you you have some mages who are desperately trying to uh gather their magic energy to produce the last spell uh and then you lose as you do uh, or in my case uh, as you do numerous times um and then you are you are brought forth to meet uh, these two mysterious gods, goddesses. Uh, uh, the, the gods of meta progression greet you uh, <laughs> and offer you uh, a purple kind of meta progression and a gold type of meta progression. Uh, and they introduce you to your goal of okay, you know you're you're here. There's multiple timelines, and you know everything is wibbly wobbly in this world. And your goal is to go into these these different havens and try to hold off the zombie hordes long enough to have the mages erect the last spell and dispel all the magic. Um, And yeah, how do we want to jump into this game? This feels, it feels like there's a lot going on here. uh, I think we can talk through like some of the mechanics first and then kind of get into how we feel about it. Cause I think that like, I mean, you're like, you're right. Like you start the game, you got, you just got the, you saw the intro, you're super hyped on like, yeah, I gotta stop these zombies so I can save um, you know, the our mages while they cast this the break the seal or whatever. And there's like I don't know how many uh, in total that you need to do, but you've got these heroes essentially that you're assigned and they have different classes, kind of typical RPG classes, the warrior, the ranger, the mage. Um, I think those are the three that you start with. And uh basically the town's there in the middle, and you got you can see that oh, okay, zombies are gonna come from these sides, go. And there's essentially three, I think, different phases in the game. One is like the the building phase, or excuse me, um, production. It's like town it's like phase, two yeah. Two and a half, really. Yeah, two and a half, yeah. Like where you're, you've got a, a a city in ruins, and you can like you know destroy things. There's all kinds of currencies, like villagers are currencies. You can take things down, build them up. All kinds of inns and things that produce all kinds of resources. 
So ultimately what you're doing is you're spending a lot of time trying to set up like your town. Then you want to build some defenses around it. So that's another kind of big element is like, okay, you've got a town. Now find some way of defending it with the things that you have. And then finally you get to the phase where you're like, okay, here's your characters, position them and then hit go. And then that's when you kind of enter the next big phase. It kind of goes from this pause sort of two and a half or three phase thing. The daytime like the, period. Yeah. The daytime, yeah, yeah, right. And then it goes into the nighttime where the zombies attack, and that's when it turns into that very tactical, turn-based um, sort of... Um, uh, um, time-consuming. Time could... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, do we want to get to that already? <laughs> I mean, well, I like maybe, think... maybe not just yet. Yeah, um, no, but, but like, um, that's essentially the format, and you sure. kind of do this back and forth over the course of, like, I don't know, seven or nine different nights until mm. finally the, the seal is broken. And all the while you're leveling up, it's RPG elements all around... And that's kind of like the gist of the mechanics here, unless I'm forgetting something. I mean, you're forgetting the very crucial part of this game where uh, you will inevitably be interrupted by something very important uh, every five minutes into uh, a segment of playing this game. And you're like, oh, my God, what was I doing before? Like, (laughs) I feel like this game, I have to, like, carve out a weekend to just, like, grind out (laughs) one town. Like, it it feels so, so thinky and involved and... I mean, I, I'll, I'll I'll start with the my. So I really liked this game, but it took a long time to get through each run. Like I beat sure. the second town, and that's kind of where I'm like I I've played enough of this game, um, and it took me that run took me ten hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa! <It's> 12, Twelve <laughs> nights in that in the village, and it took me ten hours. And I'm I gotta like, check my right. screenshots. See, did you beat, did, did you beat the me. second town? I did uh, last night, and the Steam library was locked, and I said, well, I was planning on buying this game anyway. I'll freaking pay for it. I got to finish the second level, Yeah. Um, which I successfully did. But anyway, I, I'm not, I guess I'm not going to bother clickety-clacking and look it up. I think my run took maybe seven hours. Yeah. Oh God. I, so it's very time-consuming. I, I am a masochist, and I was playing this game primarily on the couch with a Steam deck. And uh-huh. hey, I, so I will give the developers credit. No, this game act like you can play this on the Steam Deck, and sure. like pray for those poor souls playing the Switch in handheld mode. I mean, good lord! Like, but it took me what was it? Twelve? I think twelve hours was my save file uh, log for the first town to fail on the la- on the first boss fight. Oofed on like the last on like the last of the harpies it took me 12 mm-hmm. hours to fail the first town so i think like for me i think that was like just me not playing it on the right interface like it was noticeably much much faster on the desktop with sure. mouse clicking but i will you know like all credit to the devs like you like can scroll around with the control stick when they work uh you can like you know go through your different character sheets and all of, like the crazy number of like menus and sub menus and gold and stone buying and starcraft style menus of town building uh, gas. like you you can manipulate your overlords to a, a fine degree on the steam deck mm. i don't know that i'd recommend playing this game on the steam deck unless you have like i think what were you saying like in the in the discord like a transcontinental flight like it would, yeah. it would work great for sure. that that would that would be awesome I, I would love to play this game on a, on a plane i feel like would be a great way to uh spend the time the more time i'm 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 like cursing about my heroes getting killed the less time i have to think about how i'm gonna get deep vein thrombosis and i'm too tall for (laughs) 
for plane <laughs> flight, uh, for plane travel. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, but so for me, the spell <laughs> that's that this game casts on me, the trick that it pulls, which I'm very impressed by, is that this game takes a long time to play. But even when I'm losing, even when I get to that final fight and I've spent six hours on the run and I die, still had fun the whole time. I, I'm enjoying it all the way through. Very rarely did I say, yo, I'm not I'm not feeling it. I'm not digging it. Uh, I've been really, yes, very much enjoying this game, even when even when I lose. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's incredible for me. Like it, it definitely like I would do a night or two nights and be like, OK, I got I got to turn this off for a second because I need a break. And every time I loaded it up again, I felt like I was greeted with that screen of like you just finished the round or the night. And now I've got 10 different icons on the left asking me to make about a thousand decisions. And it's yeah, just sure. like right in a row, like, okay, I got to choose all of the, yeah, the, the, the gods of, of the purple and uh, gold. I have to make all those decisions. I've got to make decisions like about my characters. What am I going to level up? What abilities? What am I going to buy? How am I going to change the town? I'm just like, oh no, this is, this is where, this is the biggest thing this game I think gets wrong is it has no attention to decision fatigue. Yeah. Like the way um, you structure was... a game is you do some number of decisions and then feedback. Feedback is like the heart blood of these kind of games where it's like Ooh, you do something, you get feedback. Blood? It's a big, it's blood? a shopping cart full of blood. I, I heard a heart blood, but anyway. Oh, oh. <laughs> I probably should spit out this gum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. You know, that's a very, you're making an excellent point. I hadn't, hadn't considered that. Uh, right. That's what that, it is. Like you, decisions though, back and forth, back and forth. For sure. Well, I think that's made up for, by some extent, to some extent, by how much feedback there is everywhere else. Like, nice, satisfying sound effects, nice, mm. satisfying animations. And, um, yeah, the I, I feel like any action I take in this game, I'm getting that, ooh, I'm yeah. getting that response, I'm getting that feedback, I'm seeing it on screen, and I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, that's like, that's during the oh. night, I agree, for the night. The daytime, though, all those decisions in a row where you're selecting like, oh, I'm going to level this up. Like, what are you feeling when you like level something up or when you buy something? It's like, oh, well, that might come in you handy later. But like, it's just it's in your inventory. Like the first 20 hours, I was dreading the the town portions. And for after that, <laughs> I, I dread it less so. And I do genuinely enjoy the the base building, the daytime segments. I feel like this uh, game. Is what about that? Mostly. Like. Wait, wait. The, the, I want you say you enjoyed the base building. Like, what about that was enjoyable? Well, after I sort of got a handle on the mechanics and did a little bit of light reading about about like um, various you know tactics and, and strategies. Well, after I read the game FAQs with the wonderful uh, you know ASCII artwork, <laughs> I had a better understanding of the game, and I was like excited to level up my characters and like, oh, I'm going for this particular type of build with this guy, this person, this gal, this individual. I'm gonna go for after this particular type of equipment. Um, it may sound silly, but just like hitting hitting the mine more gold button <laughs> and hearing the ching and the little digging thing, like, oh yeah, like that 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 hits like that. I enjoy that. Um, the story segments, the little story and dialogue segments with the goddesses. I, I found pretty intriguing, like, ooh, I'm going to get to find out a little bit more about these. And slowly there's more information oh. revealed. And like they did a great job of making these two uh, uh, godly forces feel otherworldly and elders. Because when they first appear, they're just uh, a shadow. Like they're just this um, 
you know, this this vague outline. And it's like, oh, interesting. But then after a huge investment of time, admittedly, <laughs> oh, you get to see this full-fledged big sprite of, of each character. And it feels huh. like, wow, I, I felt like it did a great job of communicating that um, that uh, unknowable sort of concept of like meeting with this entity that's on a totally different level. Um, so yeah, those sorts of things, which I don't know, maybe it's very possible that uh, I'm just being hoodwinked by like good sound design and you know graphic work <laughs> and uh you know my brain is being lit up by just the, the the stuff that's going on on screen and that there's not uh as much i don't know meat to it maybe there's not as much meat as i think there is but i definitely agree with, to some extent with your your point about um that feedback you make a lot of decisions you make a ton of decisions and then there's not any immediate or even like shortly thereafter pay off sometimes i feel like this game is like throwing you into warcraft 3 multiplayer like right out of the, right out of the gate instead of like introduce like slowly introducing like the tutorial mode is good but like like start me off with just like two two sides instead of three and like then mm. like your next haven is like maybe three sides and i don't know if like the like later havens have like four or multiple like angles of attack yeah. but like uh like my, on my first 12 hour playthrough uh it sounds like a long time but i think like if you were playing this on a pc you could probably crack it in half that but uh it just it felt like there was a lot of symbology there were a lot of like these intricately tied in systems to each other that like requires like a lot of mental energy to keep track of but even after I I failed the first town, I'm like, okay, let's see how like this restart experience is. Hit the restart button. Okay, it's the same town. All the pits are in the same spot. So like no no proc gen there. But now I knew what all the systems were. I'm like, okay, before I didn't have any idea what, what gold was and why that was useful. And now I know like what stone is and why that's useful. And I've like accumulated all these meta progression unlocks. Thank you, purple and gold goddesses uh, along the way. Where now I'm I'm like, okay, stone walls everywhere you you ain't getting through this time and i'm gonna put some of my barracks in such a way as to like <laughs> uh terran's supply depot block off like the walls <laughs> around to like sure. okay these are acting as you ain't zerg rushing me yeah exactly uh and and all of the abilities on the heroes were totally different on the second playthrough i'm like oh i haven't seen this one before what does this one do big electricity bolt uh explosion of ascii art goodness okay that was pretty satisfying um so I think there's like those hooks to keep me there. Uh, but I, I think, Colin, you were cracking your knuckles when Andrew was mentioning the gold and, and purple goddesses. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was thinking about it, and I think the it, it truly is appropriate to say, I couldn't care less about them. Because if I hated them, I would care more. But I feel nothing about them. I clicked through it. My biggest my biggest thought about them is annoyance that I couldn't click through the dialogue faster or there was no way to turn <laughs> off the okay listen to their dialogue at all setting. I was supremely like after the absolutely amazing intro cinematic, I completely checked out of the story and did, I was like, I don't know, just not doing it for me. I don't I don't really care. Uh, you're kind of spoon fading it to me. And it's like, eh. And once I kind of like hit that, well, I've decided I don't want to care or I don't care about it. I'm just like, 
you kind of were saying the same thing. It's like, welcome to the oracular commander. I'm like, faster, click faster. I don't, I've already <laughs> seen this blurb. Go faster through this. Yeah, it's a good uh, point. They repeat it too, don't they? They do. Um, and you can't click it. Uh, it makes it like the text scroll out slightly before you can click it. And it, it wastes, uh, you know, three quarters of a second of my time, uh, which is apparently uh, an impossible amount of time for me to waste when I've been spending 10 hours on a run <laughs> Yeah, um it feels uh, a little minimal. But I, I don't know the the dialogue choices when you are given them which are kind of are they not choices? super inspired not really choices i guess you get to pick which yeah that's a good point they're not really choices i feel like that uh could have been um if they were choices it'd be different i felt like it was just like oh well i get to pick one of the right like, and then later blurbs. eventually you'll get to it yeah exactly yeah i wish that was uh beefed up a little bit yeah certainly I feel like I, mean, I didn't really care about it though. Like it's like, eh, this isn't why I'm playing the game. I really like the game despite well, it. I, get, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if you don't care about it, it's easy enough to ignore it without yeah. consequence and get through it in a relatively timely fashion. But yeah. sure, I guess it could be sped up even more. No, I mean, it just, that's what I say. Like I couldn't care less. It was just like, eh, just click through, click through, skip, 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 skip. Okay, next thing. It could uh, just been another. You were, you were like even the you, inventory. You, your info wasn't, or your 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 interest wasn't even piqued when s slowly the the goddesses begin to change. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't engaging or interesting. When they when they stripped off that their, part yet. when they stripped uh, off their cloudy visage and they were yeah. like weirdly partly nude pixelated art and then with tastefully covered clouds across <laughs> their nipples, it was like. Eh, eh. I, I thought that reveal was spectacular. Like, whoa, oh my gosh, I'm seeing I'll, I'll, the god for the first time. Whoa, my mind, my poor puny mortal mind is being blown. I'll admit, um, I did read the dialogue a couple times after they revealed themselves, and then I was like, nope, I'm still not. Interested. Still, still over it. Okay, well, I mean, I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's. The, but I'm, I'm I mean, gonna I'm die glad, on this hill. I don't think it's the best part of the game. That's for I'm sure. glad, I'm glad that you got any, or, or that you, you Ooh. got something out of it. Because, well, thank like, you. They definitely put work into it. It's just like sure, ah. sure. I think part of the reason that I am pretty engaged during those segments is that I love it when an RTS game or a tactics game makes you, the player, a character. Hmm. Like StarCraft One does that. XCOM does that. XCOM, I think you're called the commander even. <laughs> uh, and that's something that StarCraft Two did not do, which was mm -hmm. oh, big, big. But you don't have any. But you don't have any decisions to make. Eh, I don't think that I don't know if that matters. I just like being part of the story. I'm just happy to be here, just like this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I just showed up. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But uh, with regards to the uh, attractiveness of the of the goddesses, <laughs> um, <laughs> does anyone else think that the uh, the the portraits of all the randomly generated heroes are like gener on average very attractive? You know, I was trying. There's a, a very uh, funny... I'm getting some weird looks. Like hmm. I felt like I was what I was playing a dating sim. Like, oh yeah, I'd love to take uh, you know Ashley the the, the fearless uh, out for a coffee or something. I mean, of course they were um, after I she finally, bashes in the skull I, of the mutant lord. I finally tuned them to be my harem of attractive fighter women. <laughs> Perfectly well, diamond symmetrical face faces. There's a there's a YouTube series that uh, that I think people th that they're still doing called Monster Factory. Where oh, these, these yeah. people like yeah. these people, the McElroys, 
<laughs> well you know I, I only follow them whenever a new video comes out but like of course but yeah they'll, they'll they're like try to contort the dark souls uh character creation uh, <laughs> or like mass effect thing into like these hideous like goons and i was like okay how can i monster factory this game with the character portraits <laughs> oh it's just like hitting the random button over and over and over and i'm like well none of these people have like like giant foreheads or like you know mm-hmm. like very very kenshi eyes uh body body shapes of just horrible mutants uh yeah they all look like generally uh generally pleasing hollywood actors with like different goofy looking medieval haircuts and and skin tones um i did appreciate that there was like uh like a character code that you can copy and paste so you could be like oh like i like i feel like this is a game that you could probably accidentally spend like five hours just customizing what your characters look like only to have them die from some like bullshit zombie attack. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you copied and pasted that character code, you can send it to all of your friends. And be like, ah, yes, Odom Stouthammer can live on in uh, Colin and Will and Andrew's game, uh, even though that. Or you could just remake them again in the next. Yeah, setting. that's also true. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is fun. There is there's some also some opportunity for some like head cannoning where it's like, oh, I'm gonna take my 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 hero, my OC. And like put them in every town and and play through. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily what they had in mind, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a fun option. I, I thought like the the hero generation and like the, the level of depth in the hero uh, the randomization was like pretty good, and the 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 traits that are randomly assigned it's not like super deep or like super mechanically involved, but like it helps like give each character each hero a little bit of, a little bit of info like i or a little bit of a well character <laughs> a i thought the traits i thought the traits were pretty good i mean they weren't like too crazy or that the the perks that between the traits and the perks like it, it did a good job of like you customize your character over the course of the levels and whatnot um the part of it that i i liked less was the uh loot swap decision mechanics it was like okay i've got six different characters and 15 different pieces of equipment let's try and figure out what the optimal Mm. build is it's like i don't want this i don't (laughs) want to do this but i can't not because my brain won't let me not optimize i can't not colin do you think the um the kickstarter success for the last spell board game is going to be more simplified or is it going to be more uh of these like crazy brass birmingham style uh board game tracks upon tracks upon tracks i don't know uh scott i'll have to talk to you about this offline uh but i did play uh uh where is it uh Twilight Inscription, which is Ooh, Twilight yeah, Imperium, the roll and write board game over yep. the weekend, um, and it was too much. <laughs> it was it was not streamlined enough from would, Twilight Imperium. Was, would you say that was more or less cognitive load than this game? Since I was the one who was teaching it to people, significantly more. Sure. Because I had to answer all of the questions from <laughs> all of the people. Um, but no, I, I felt like this game, uh, I was talking with Will about this on Sunday, um, where uh, if I would restart this game, I would choose not to unlock some of the weapons so that it would be forced to give me only a subset mm. of these weapons because it was like, I am overwhelmed with choice and I don't, I just want like you to tell me which one, I I need like the Diablo style, like 
just give me a number of which one's the best. I eventually just started picking whichever one costs the most and be like, I'm just going to assume that this is probably the best one. Um, but they also wouldn't show you if you hovered over it and it was like, pull, like you compare and contrast this new weapon versus the old weapon, didn't auto show you all of the stats of the character. So mm. I had to be like constantly switching back and forth, be like, which does this person have a hundred percent reliability or zero percent? Is this person the one that's got plus a billion to poison damage, or is that the other one who's the druid that's got the staff? But she's the one who does shadow damage or whatever. <laughs> Um, I didn't find that part to be interesting, but I'm pretty sure that like you make your characters much, much, much better if you if you do the work to optimize them. So I I couldn't I couldn't help myself. So this is interesting because this generally is not my type of game. Like my top like favorite games of all time <laughs> are just like shooters. Just like straight up third person, first person shooters generally. Um, Wait, can you, can you name just a few, just so I have a little, a little like bit more Half Life, Max Payne, Duke Nukem. Um, I don't know, the Doom? Stalker series is probably in there somewhere. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I I play. I'm a big fan of like the original Fallout games. Um, and there was this period of time where I bought like th- like three or four of these turn-based tactical games and thinking, Oh yeah, I do. Li- I like these games. I like fallout. I, I, I've, and I would play them. I just get so bored. So quick, too slow, was not interested. Couldn't be bothered to learn the systems. Couldn't be bothered to fine tune my characters, but this game I feel like is, has that a certain level of depth, but it's very accessible mm-hmm. for me personally. And the fact that I'm willing to not over-optimize maybe is a positive for me enjoying the game. Leads to me enjoying yeah. it more because I don't get caught up in that analysis paralysis as, as much. Like, I want to try to make th- something that is semi-meta, but I'm not hyper-focused on making it perfect. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm focused just enough for it to be engaging, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so I... We, oh, yep. I feel like I liked... I mean, we had you have the the two different the day and the night phase. Like, I very much enjoyed the night phase. I enjoyed the like little tactical combat. I wish that it had been a little bit more focused. Like they had, you could eventually they were coming from all four different direct north, south, east, west of your town. I felt like that spread your attention a lot, and I wanted to be able to like have all my people kind of nearer to each other and with more synergy. But I really did enjoy the little puzzle of the game. Um, a lot like was it the best maybe not but it, it definitely grabbed my attention and i i was like sitting at work being like man i just want to be home playing this game <laughs> i'm jonesing i'm jonesing to play last spell right now and That's... i haven't had like a true like craving to play a game in a while so mm-hmm. can i can i give i want to give you my evaluation of the Please. nighttime here because it seems like it, it might be a little bit different because I, I really have a lot of things to to chess and like kind of like the and thinking about like how many branching like options are there what how you focus your efforts here and so in this game in particular i've been kind of looking at it through that lens of okay you just started the nighttime there's dudes coming in from all four sides well that to me felt like you, you just started the game of chess but you don't know at all which pawn to move first 
And so instead of like being like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to move E4. I mean, like, you know, just going to start out with like, here are some openings that are good. I know this is my general, like this, this in this game is like, well, maybe I'll move H4 or maybe I'll, and you just kind of like, you, you, you don't really know what's best. And in fact, I'm not sure that there is really a best. It's like, you just kind of want to maximize damage. And so you just end up sitting there with like, okay, well, all the moves are pretty much the same. I'm going to like do a lot of AOE and then I'm going to try and like get as much damage done as I can. And I'm going to retreat and be on the edge of where they can reach. And maybe there's like a little bit of synergy where like, hey, he goes in really deep and this other guy like gives him an extra move so that he can get back out. But like, to me, like, that was just like, it was just like that over and over and over again. Like, okay, I can, I got the three by two grid that the archer can hit. Where is the three by two grid he's going to hit? And if not that, then like, it's just the sort of decisions that were being made. It didn't feel, it, it, it felt, maybe it felt like more like checkers, but like checkers without like interesting hopping and like other dynamics. It just felt like checkers. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just it just didn't it didn't capture me very well with with the I actual. Don't, I feel know like you just need being... to compare it to a different game than chess or checkers. <laughs> or what's the what's the Star Wars game that they play with the monsters on the the checkerboard thing? The the guy <laughs> the like claymation ones. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that has a name. Yeah. but uh, it might have been turned into Legends. Who knows if it's canon anymore? What that name is? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if you're fairly characterizing the depth of this game. Like you are managing, like. The decisions of I want to maximize my damage are, are important, but you're also having to track. That was a big breakthrough for me. I didn't realize that like the monsters uh, movement is reduced. That didn't occur to me like my first couple of runs, like as they get damaged. So like hmm. managing the amount of damage you're doing, managing your your heroes positions, managing the monsters positions and tra keeping track of each monster and seeing how far they can move. Um, you know, tracking your de defenses, hit points, um, monitoring the different sides of the battle, I think is a very important part to this game design that you have like different battlefronts happening at different times is, is, is very important and engaging. And then also just sort of generally having to uh, manage threats on the battlefield. Like, should I prioritize just outputting raw damage and and doing as much raw number of hit points as damage as possible? Or do I need to focus on like these specific types of like boss monsters and, and specific types? I think it's, uh, I think there's a little bit more going on under the hood than you are giving it credit for Will. Um, and also I don't know if there mana. is our infinite levels, <laughs> uh, but I think it's, it's, an, it's, it's enough to not be overwhelming, but still be engaging. Well, and like I, I would, if you're just using the AOE magic missile spam uh, spell, you will just run out of mana. Well, that's that's like, the town management is all about. Like you just make it so that like you you all of your levels you just put into mana, and then your town you like buy the mana things. Sure. But the like I never ran into okay. a mana. So I mean, if you never ran into a mana. Yeah. So it seems like you have optimized yourself into a boring game. I think that's that's my problem. <laughs> is that like. I, I, in the in the actual town, I'm like this kind of game always favors investments. Like if you could just take a short, like a, a if you can make it hard on yourself in the beginning and buy all the things that are going to produce extra like money, that will let you like. So I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do that. And like, and so it made it so nobody ever died. It was there was never really a sense of challenge. There was like, and so at breeze the first town, I'm like, man, that was just arduous, sort of like. Uh, maybe I, there's a difficulty thing or something, or maybe it gets harder later on. But like it just, it just felt 
like a chore um, to some Once extent. Once you beat the first town, the first proper town, you're giving, uh, when you choose a level, you pick the apocalypse level. And so there's like normal difficulty in the apocalypse level, like one or two or whatever it's called, is like 20% more damage or something like that. So, I mean, there is like a... a a that's on me then handicap yes, yeah. uh, to, to address your early early point of like not knowing like they're not being like good chess openers not knowing what the right move is opening move is um i think part of that is the game does tell you like how big of an attack is going to come from the four sides like with the map and then later in the game and this you know this doesn't totally address your your fair criticism um but you do eventually unlock a building called the seer, mm. which I have not actually <laughs> going back to how I play these sorts of games. Uh, I was talking about earlier. I have not bothered building this building because the building, so I don't know exactly what it does, but the description is that it gives you insight into the next attack. Oh yeah. I built and that it. would help inform you the tactics you might take. And that might, that might appeal to you. Will. Uh, I, um, but I the reason I haven't built that it... building is because uh, I, I feel like, Nope, <laughs> That's going to drive me to madness if I know more information. Also, it's going to drive me to making poor decisions. Sorry, so, what would you say, Colin? Uh, you should build it, not because of that. I had that information, never used it. Um, but it also lets you push back the fog so you have, like, a longer time for the enemies coming in. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's like, that's actually very useful. Uh, it makes it easier. That kind of that kind of bugged it, me because, oh, sorry, like... In certain parts, and again, like, you know, I'm playing on, like, stupid noob easy mode, but, like, I would, like, clear out monsters from, like, the the non-fog zone, and then, like, they, like the, the end of the night would be there, and it's like, okay, well, now you gotta clear out all the remaining monsters that's, that are left, but there's still, like, a big queue of monsters in the fog that, even though the night is fully ended, are still gonna pile in, you're like, I gotta, I gotta, like, burn, like, another ten minutes here, like, cleaning up, like, I've already beaten the level, like, just like the the zombies need a surrender vote option where <laughs> I've clearly dominated them. They need to give up. I'll, I'm extending my hand over the table to shake them, then call this call this game off. And they're just like, no, me spawn more enemies. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I like I can waste waste more turns like running my get my little dude like across the map to go and kill this one other zombie. Oh but, yeah, sure. <clears throat> that that like yeah actively yeah me. there there were definitely a couple of times where I'm like oh I need to get this one person from this side of the map to the other it's like well that's gonna be a while yeah. sure uh, yeah it'd be nice if there was like a little auto battler like finish the fight that you've obviously won yeah um I, I'm learning that maybe I'm kind of bad at this game because <laughs> sounds like y'all are just uh the walk I mean, in the park you you've beaten the first <laughs> I mean, town boss like I haven't gotten like. That that was another thing that really bugged I beat me. The, was the like, second town boss. Andrew, you you are perhaps the best of us because you beat the. I mean, Will well, I would be in the second town? I think I, maybe I it just means I might be through. the most enthusiastic about this game and that I've dumped the most time into it. But you, thank you. you beat it and you beat it in less time than I did. Interesting. Good to know. So, Good to know. Uh, um. Yeah. yeah well, I wish. I wish that it was interesting. I I feel like if if we have to make an analogy to chess, I would say that. You do. It's most like <laughs> absolutely mandatory. Uh, if you were playing chess on four separate boards, because that's what I felt like it ended up being a lot of times for me is that I would like split my heroes, be like, well, this one's a three star attack on this side, so I'll put two heroes there, and this one's only a one star, so I'll put one here. And each of them were like 
barely related to each other. You're like, uh, and I wanted more synergy between my people, but I couldn't afford it because you need what? Well, you need to split them up so much. Amongst you, you can make synergies between two people. You can make synergies between two. But people, you can make synergies between one person and defenses, even like there are there are synergies to be had and defenses. But yeah, I think I wanted it to be I, so. When I earlier said that, uh, oh, it's tower defense, but you're the tower, I wanted it to be more tower defense than it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I mm-hmm. wanted you to be able to, like, channel the enemy slightly more, and I wanted it to be... I, I felt like the wave came from all directions, and I wanted it to be a little more focused so that you could, like, plan out, like, oh, all my six people, like, this person goes here, then this person goes here, and then, then this is this, which is this stat, and then this blah, 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 and then this blah, blah, blah. And you can, like, get a little bit of that with two or three people, but I wanted it to be more. You remember those, uh, those yes. StarCraft use map settings yeah, maps true. where, like, I can see it, it was yeah. tower defense, but you, like, you, you built the path with, like, supply yeah. depots and, like, missile turrets <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and, like... Sunken you, you, like, D? Yeah, yeah exactly. About? Yeah. <laughs> uh... That I feel like. Oh, don't Google that. Sunken <laughs> defense. Uh, because you got your challenge. sunken colonies and you got to defend the place. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like I fired up Bloons Tower Defense Six because I'm like, okay, I know Will is like hot for, hot for this game like crazy, and I know it's like a similar kind of tower defense idea, but it just it it felt more. Yeah, like I think the last spell has its own thing going for it, and I think that's okay. I just feel like it. It just got to the point a little quicker it feels like it's it's kind of stretching out a little too long uh and if there was a way then like I, I thought like well maybe is this going on too long and then i'm like oh wait no but my production phases i need to get all i need to get my macro all up in a line so that way for the final boss fight i can have all these things i'm like oh there's not enough time but then yeah so i don't know if i was I just need to play this on the desktop more and avoid playing this on the Steam Deck at all costs. Yeah, yeah. Which we, we keep talking about the uh, the length of time that this game takes to play. So I I uh, am a Warhammer 40,000 uh, player or hobbyist, I should say. Realistically, I think I've played less than like 20 matches because it takes a long time to play Warhammer 40,000. It takes about as many hours as it takes to play through a run of one of these of of uh of last the last spell half of that is just painting the minis uh that's true yeah m- well more of it in some cases but like i don't know the average match i don't know it's like maybe four-ish hours so and oftentimes when i'm playing that playing warhammer tabletop or i'm playing a board game so oftentimes i'm like gosh i feel like this would be streamlined and way better and way faster if it was a video game and i feel like the last spell um, I really enjoy what I really like about the last spells. It feels like, oh, cool. I can have this epic grand battle defense of this town with a ton of stuff going on, a ton of monsters on the board, but like it's snappy. It's fast. And I think compared to, and so like for that experience, it's fast, but also it's fast in my estimation compared to the average uh, yeah, tactical combat game or like RPG with grid-based, turn-based combat. Like I appreciate that it doesn't, it takes a long time to play, I feel like on the whole, the game respects my time. Like, I bet you we played the same amount of the tactical part, and I just spent like three more hours in the city part. Interesting. So if they could, if they could get that part to be a little snappier, I'd be a little, a little quicker. Hey, come on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, hey. So, uh, hey, what a what a grand discussion we're having about gameplay and everything. But if I'm remembering correctly, uh, this is a roguelike podcast. Uh oh. And this is where I have something kind of negative to say about this game. I don't know if it's really much of a roguelike. It feels more like a a, a tactical 
combat, turn-based combat tower defense game with really long spaced out save points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's um yeah, what do we what do we think about that? And in fact, I would f- further say that I don't know if it has many roguelike elements to begin with. Slash, I feel like the game would maybe through DLC or something, which I believe they're working on, could be benefit from more roguelike randomization and emergent gameplay elements. Yes, absolutely. I think that when Will was talking about how, uh, or Will or Scott said, "Oh, restarted the next town that was the same town," it was like, "Hmm, it should be a different town. It should have, I mean, not that different, but the walls should be in different spots. There should be mm-hmm. like." Mm-hmm a random mm-hmm. sunken boat here now where there wasn't one before a real yeah. big tree. No, it's got to be meaningful. I mean, like binding it, like it just like, just because like, we just mentioned it, like binding of eyes, like you start with like a different like core item. And the, the thing you find right away is like, th- there has to be like a substantial meaningful difference. I think when you're start, like maybe not like right away, but like very quickly starting to build synergies towards something. It's 100% on our to-do list in the future, but in uh into the breach shares a lot of uh similar designs here grid based turn based lots of tactical elements but it's much more bite size uh a lot of the levels in that game are also similarly not procedurally generated but they are like the randomness part is like how are those bespoke chunks like binding of isaac like pre pre-built rooms how are those glommed onto each other and yeah, I feel like uh, also for listeners, like... stay tuned when we get to our uh, two and a half hour uh, grog pod uh, cage match of def- like <laughs> our definitions of what a roguelike is uh, for stay tuned for that. But uh, if we if we go by like grid based, turn based, permadeath RPGs as like various factors involved it ticks all those boxes the one that it just doesn't have is procedural generation of map terrain which i think is like it's an important one but i don't know that that's like the the be all end all of it being in the genre or not i do agree that this is like like brotato very much is that kind of uh theme in a very different package uh this game i feel like less so but i think that's okay because it it helps to evolve the genre in a weird way that uh the more weirdness the better i think i don't know i i forgot this was a roguelike uh, podcast i thought we just reviewed <laughs> games uh, yeah, uh, thanks for the reminder there uh rogue, just rogue elements yeah. i don't feel like this was a very roguelike game at all and i feel like we probably shouldn't play into the breach for this podcast i don't i think that's just fundamentally wrong i i like the game i just think it's fundamentally not a roguelike game in in the same way like we probably shouldn't play xcom not a roguelike actually i feel like if you (laughs) well yeah (laughs) yeah, there is an iron man mode i feel like xcom on iron man mode is arguably a roguelike we've already played these games all of us have played we gotta gotta do new games i think or like mostly new games just play minecraft only yes just play the spire okay fine yes yeah what what more games do you need right right let's let's move into rankings how about uh yeah so for for each podcast we try to rank these games against our our uh horde that we've collected thus far i guess maybe i'll kick off to start uh so we 
our listeners forced us to to review at gunpoint uh, Brotato in the last spell. Um, <laughs> Brotato, I think it's it's just fun to say. I th- th- this is very much an all devs go to heaven moment uh, where solo dev, the game's $5. It's perfectly fun to play like in a uh, borderline vegetative state on the couch when you have like trashy reality TV going. It is a slam dunk for that. I don't know that it really needs to push the envelope much further than that. It would be nice if it did, but I don't know that that's a requisite for the game to be fun how it is. Uh, it is very much a like watch YouTube streamers play it and watch them freak out about it much more than I think playing it for myself. I don't get that by the that's just so weird. When you told me that is YouTube streamers doing this, I'm just yeah, I, I don't it is get it, I it don't is get all that. over like the YouTube world like streaming community where the, like I think part of it is that like the little the little brotato characters have like uh like the reactionary like oh like faces going by default. So any YouTube thumbnail incorporating them has that kind of like <laughs> wow. That's how you optimize a game these days. Yeah, incredible. It's, it's, it's like I think there's accidental a lot to react to, right? Like if you're a streamer, it's like, oh, I just got a new item. Let me, you know, rap about that for a bit, and then oh, I got to, there's a new one. Yeah, sure. It's also, very that much is something a, uh, that the aesthetic does do pretty well. It's like yeah, customizing your character um, anyway. So, so for me, Brotato's gonna go just behind Shattered Pixel Dungeon and just uh, in front of Hand of Fate. I think this is like the like the line of like yeah this is pretty good like i think you would have fun if you had never played these games before um i think i just have like a pretty stacked upfront list up at the top uh and i think that's where the last spell is going to go i think like for me like it it feels a little grindy uh a lot of the time um but i have to put it ahead of darkest dungeon 2 because of the maximum acceptable jank factor uh, and i'm going to put it just behind hand of fate 2 so i'm going to split the sequels there uh as my new number nine game on my list uh uh yeah i think like the like i was working out to the soundtrack earlier today and it is just phenomenal the soundtrack the art design i think like there's a lot of complicated elements going on and i think it takes a lot of skill to make sure that those don't completely bamboozle the player and i think that like I've, i've crossed that threshold like okay these systems make sense i don't know how much more i'm gonna play of it but they do have some DLCs in the hopper that I'd be curious to check out in the future. So uh, for me, Brotato landing in at number 20 and Last Spell at number 9 on my list. How do we pick? I don't know. There's, uh, well, we you, give you, you started speaking, so you're... Yeah, usually we give each other a look or something, but now it's just like <laughs> I got to look two directions, three directions. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I can't just be like, quivers. Yeah, Whoever that that one is that I'm pointing there's to a, in the Zoom. Yeah, we're all in different one. like windows. Uh, okay. I see. Well, you're pointing at Will, so we'll go. There's now four okay. battlefronts to me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm not so nice. I don't think that all devs go to heaven. And so, um. Uh. Yeah. I'm. I'm gonna be brutally honest here. Uh, as I as I always am with this stuff. Um. Brotato. Um. Yeah. If if only we knew what was happening, Potatoville on the potato land i might have been able to give this a better ranking but (laughs) on my one to ten scale this is getting a 4.5 which i have a six as like my minimum for recommend so it's it's going to be in my not recommend zone and i think if you're interested in doing a a a vampire uh survivors like game first of all you should play that one (laughs) if you haven't already and then i think that like i mean i'm liking the halls of torment i got 20 hours in this game so far and i'm wow. still like having a good time so like play some like better ones first and then like this game is just it just really was not doing it for me and so yeah that, where does that put it that puts it 
you mentioned shattered shattered pixel dungeon i put this right on the level with shattered pixel pixel dungeon and and darkest dungeon 2 at 4.5 4. um so um yeah not 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 such a great one in my book um the last spell better um it makes it up to the minimum of recommends which is to say six out of, <laughs> out of ten um yeah, uh, I think I, I send it up best. I think it's just way too much decision fatigue, just like making a thousand decisions in a row. I think there's a lot of better sort of tactical um, uh, base games out there. Um, I did like the, I love the, the narrative of this and um, I, I think it had an interesting idea, but I think to Colin's point, if they just reduced the complexity of like the number of sides, made it more of a tower defense and maybe less of an RPG or just take, just pulled some things out like those, the the goddesses, the meta, like just make it a little bit more simple in some ways, but then like focus on what you're doing well. I think that that would have been a great way of approaching it. So a uh, six on that one. So in terms of actual rankings for me, so we played like, let's say we have 30 games here. Um, where's my will will rank um so the last spell is my 14th out of 30 and brotato comes in at uh uh 19 um yeah so that's uh that's it for me i don't know who oh you, well, you should go next and we'll have yeah. uh our oh our new intern be be the hammer for the episode yeah um brotato i feel like i i have not played enough of it to truly feel uh, confident in my ranking, so I'll give it a, a pretty wide plus or minus uh, for for my rankings. I have it ranked at 16 out of the 30. Uh, I enjoyed the hour that I played of it. Um, I do not care at all for the theme. I would be perfectly fine if it was zero or the 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 aesthetics just just raw numbers on screen. Yeah. It would be it would be indifferent to me, or uh, it'd be interesting which would be. Um, but like, I had, like some satisfying running around, shooting whatever. Uh, couch potato mode game. I think it would be. It, it's a pretty fun game. I could see myself like popping this open when I'm just like I don't feel like learning a game right now, and I have nothing else to play. Hmm. Like I would not pop open last spell because I'm just, I, I'm just bored, <laughs> and I'm just like I don't I don't want five think, minutes. I'll, yeah, I'll play some. I'll play some last spell. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, but overall, I think it was like I. It, it has met my uh, uh, criteria for. Uh, I I would recommend someone go play it. Also, it's great value. The, the game per dollar is. Uh, it gives it a, a little bit of a boost. Um, last spell is my uh, number four game now. I liked it a lot. Um, I I think there's at least some bias in there of like i well I, I it was so close to being a, an amazingly good game hmm. in my opinion um there was a lot of things that ground it down the, the the grind of the game slowed it down a lot for me um and i felt like it was a little bit disconnected um in terms of the like the nighttime gameplay and the daytime day gameplay i feel like it was just not as interesting to me but boy, I I was Jones in to play it and I felt like a true like I put in 30 hours and I don't put that many hours in like we only have two weeks to play these games. I normally don't like find the time in my schedule to fit uh almost a full week of work in the next in the two weeks between <laughs> when we do these podcasts. So I feel like that has to say something for the game. Like I I wanted to play it. The music 
is exquisite. I think it might be the best soundtrack of the games that we've played. Um, at least the intro song was like really good. Um, I I liked the pixel aesthetics. I thought it did a pretty, did a pretty good job. Uh, I think it was it was very close to being like uh, I I now having been inspired by Will, I put it at an eight out of ten. Because I finally am like, fine, if we're, now that we're adding Andrew to, I feel like we might have to put like numerical out of 10 rankings so we can like, yes. for a while while we like <laughs> recalibrate our scale. But eight out of 10, like pretty solid game would recommend people go try it out. Andrew, bring us home. All right. So Brotato, um, unfortunately goes to the, the bottom of my rank. <laughs> it's in last place. But I, I played it and I was enjoying it and I think it's pretty satisfying to play. And while I don't quite understand the aesthetic, it is like, you know, quirky and fun and whimsical. And I, I think I, I get why it's so popular. I mostly <laughs> understand why it's so popular. I have uh, some sense. Yeah. Some inkling. Well, some ones. Yeah, eh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I just keep downgrading. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the last spell. Perhaps. It could be that I've just been yearning for this deep, satisfying, tactical turn-based experience for years and years and years. Like maybe I've been yearning for it since Fallout 2. <laughs> and now finally that I've like found it in a package where the biggest issue I usually have with these types of games is that I'm not engaged. I get bored. But I feel like the la the last <laughs> pardon me. Uh the last spell. I keep I keep wanting to I get uh, how many potatoes have you been to... <laughs> I keep wanting to uh, call it uh, the final spell. And mm -hmm. every time I say the name, I'm like, is that the right? No. Okay. The All right. And then I'm like, All right. I didn't say the last wish because that's a that's a Witcher uh, story. So anyway, I feel like that's uh, the game, even though it takes a very long time to play. Logistically, it's difficult to fit into your schedule. <laughs> um, it is always engaging and very satisfying. Um, and I'm very excited to see where the DLC goes. Um, even though we have yeah. like, you know, a shared library of games, I went ahead and bought this game. I was planning on buying it and I'm very impressed and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And again, it's very metal. So <laughs> it goes with one and two. I'm throwing up the horns. That's right. Number two in my stack ranking, uh, right below Enter the Gungeon, which is basically perfect <laughs> excellent well that's gonna put the last spell at our new number six overall and brotato at number 23 overall anyway moving on uh if you want to uh email into the show we did get an email there's i think we're running a little long here but uh it's a good topic that i can sprinkle in uh for future stuff especially uh, when we talk about randomness, which will come up uh, every so often. But uh, if you want to email into the show, uh, you can write into grogpodzone at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Mastodon, uh, as the X ship is uh, quickly sinking, uh, you can find us on grogpod at gamedev.place and our website where we have all of our rankings and things to subscribe to and other daily who's uh, you can find that at grogpod.zone um our our next episode uh we uh pitched over to our our uh new host andrew to pick uh what inspired you to pick our our episode for this upcoming uh 
week? <laughs> well, uh, I got to tell you, uh, because basically, I, I wanted to have us play the game Strafe, but then I'm like, nope, there's too much cool, good stuff to talk about in FPS design, but uh, we got to save that. <laughs> so I'm like, but I still want to do an FPS of some sort, something that is at least from a first-person perspective. We'll be playing the first-person Lovecraftian horror, prepare to get sanity blasted by Eldritch. Yeah, this one. Well, I played that one. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because okay. we we had this on uh, the schedule ages and ages ago before one of my eons numerous and eons. One of my numerous uh, retinkerings of the of the show uh, format. And yeah, this was this was I think like on our slate to play before we were like, you know what? Maybe we should change it up a bit. But th- like this one actually did look very interesting at the time. So uh so yeah i think i'm super excited to play this uh yeah yeah it's definitely got like it's it's good a mix of aesthetics that we have not we we haven't thrown in a good 90s feeling game Mm -hmm. yet really so i'm 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 ready for it you're here well, well to play us thanks out. for having me here and thanks for letting me pick the next game. What a deal. Yeah. I wasn't prepared, but I <laughs> I, I turned in my, my homework uh, right on time. Well, we're gonna we're gonna throw up the devil horns uh to play us out from this episode with the nice relaxing uh metal tunes of um oh was well, I'm just being informed that uh, zombies have entered the building. Uh they're at the door and they're coming in.